2: A Mountie always gets his man! It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter, producer for Decider.com, and this is the latest installment of the quarantine era of the podcast. How much longer is it going to go on? Maybe for the rest of our lives, we're living in hell, but we're going to act like it's fun for the next hour! (laughs) This (laughs) week, I am joined... Quarantined in Brooklyn. Becky Chicoine. Hello. <laughs> and Matt Little.
1: We want to uh, collectively be known as the quarantine dream.
2: Oh. <laughs> Quar- quarantine dream. Wait, is that yeah. the Katy Perry song? Yes. Yeah. You
3: Katy make... Me. me,
1: feel
2: like well, I'm you
3: living. Uh, you could have let me sing it. I could have, because she knows how to. <laughs> no,
2: no. I think there's a kitty Perry impersonator in the relish. Yeah. Yeah, that's
3: true. That's true. Yeah, too late.
2: Too well, late. Wait, so when was, how many days? How many days? I am truly at my wits end. This is like, so for me, this is, I think, day. I mean, 60, maybe. I mean, I'm
3: at two months. I'm not Mm. counting. I'll tell you that. And I'll also tell you, Matt has been working from home before this. So I don't know if you even know.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting because, uh, I, I've been, uh, writing from home since October and, uh, I thought I was slowly going insane, and then Becky started working from home, too, and we've uh, slowly devolved together, so... Yeah, it, it, <laughs> all... yeah,
2: now it's like, oh, now the rest of the world's catching up with... <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: hey, hey, come on, plenty of room on the wagon! Jesus
2: Christ, I yeah. mean, I, you know... Good times. But, you know what? Um, you know what, what a better time? What a better time was? And I used to feel icky saying that yesterday was a better time. But, you know what they didn't have in 1971? Fucking
3: coronavirus. They did not.
2: Thank you. They did not. So, this week we'll be traveling to February 22nd, 1971. Cold Turkey, also starring Bob Newhart, ruled the box office. One Bad Apple by the Osmonds topped the charts. And CBS aired the Carol Burnett Show episode. Episode four twenty two. Matt and (laughs) Becky, you must have seen episode four twenty two before today. You know, I did not.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I am. I want to say to anyone listening to Okay, uh, where he goes. (laughs) Well, this episode. This episode's breaking the (laughs) format a little bit. Yes. This episode's breaking the format a little bit. And I'll say that I am, I, this was a request of mine. Um,
2: I sent you a list of like, yeah, <laughs> does it perfectly good. Sim-
1: <laughs> you did, you did. You sent, you sent a, a, a list of a ton of really great sitcoms, but it had struck me like a bolt out of the blue. And I had been thinking about Carol Burnett, Burnett and the Carol Burnett show uh, recently, um for one reason or another i think a tim conway sketch like uh, went across my field of vision and i just remembered um how much i loved uh, watching the later version of the show, the newer one from the late eighties. I used to watch it with my grandmother on Saturdays, oh. along with, uh, the other things that we would watch around that time were Golden Girls and Empty Nest. So those were, that's a Saturday night. Yeah. Those were my, those were my bonding memories with my grandmother when I was a lot younger. And I really, really fell in love with Carol Burnett as a performer as a kid around the same time that I had also learned about SNL and Letterman. I was fortunate enough to have like discovered this in an incredible performer. Uh, so I, I'm, I had not seen this specific episode. I had picked this because I know about your love of Bob Newhart and it felt like that spot. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to watch an episode and, uh, and the Bob Newhart connection felt so close. Back, what, uh, tell me, tell me what tell you me feel. Tell me
3: more, tell me more. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I've always loved Carol Burnett. I don't think I ever really knew, like, I hadn't watched. Much of her shows You know, I've seen clips, as they say But I haven't yes. watched much of her shows I mean, I was born in uh, 2000 So, you know, that era wasn't <laughs> Me, you know, as a Gen Z <laughs> Baby, uh,
1: baby, don't tell them that Until you clear the legal hurdle Oh, and no, I was no. born in
2: 1969 Yeah was born in 2000. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No
3: That's a bad bit as That's a, a bad, bad bit. bit Speaking of bad bits We might get into it with the show So, yeah, I just yeah. looked it up
2: And, yeah uh, the Saturday night nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety TV season. Uh, NBC Saturday night Live was Golden Girls, Empty Nest, Carol and Company, and then something called Down Home.
1: Oh, oh. down yeah.
2: Which was an American sitcom uh, starring Judith Ivey, Ray Baker, Eric Allen Kramer, Dak and Matthews, Timothy Scott, and Getty, what, a, Getty what, a what Getty what a What Getty what
1: a Yeah, from uh, uh Revenge of the Nerds, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um. Why? So, uh, oh. yeah, I also like did not grow up watching Carol Burnett's show because it wasn't on Nick at Night. True, uh-huh. so that's that always my like main way to get into shows. But of course, like if you are a person that lives, you've seen the Gone with the Wind wearing the drapes.
1: Went yes. went with the wind.
2: Yeah, like that was that's a thing. Like that's just all over pop culture. And then also the um. Growing up in the era of uh, Jimmy Fallon and Horatio Sands never being able to keep a straight face.
1: Yes, yeah. Always
2: talk about like Tim Conway and Harvey Corman never being able to keep a straight face.
1: Yeah. So one thing
2: present in this episode.
1: So one thing, one thing that uh, that they would do with every episode of the Carol Burnett Show, they taped every episode live twice yeah. in yeah. front of two different live studio audiences. Uh-huh. So if someone blows a take on the epi- on, uh, on the video that you see, that means that they probably blew it worse in the other taping.
3: (laughs) okay, but let me just say, it is delightful to an extent when an actor breaks to an extent. If if you love the actor. So, so I'm sure that it wasn't just that they couldn't, that was part of the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: It isn't like there's a difference between like blowing your take because you aren't caring enough and blowing your take while also you're still trying. Right. Exactly. And like,
3: it's like, it's, you're having so much fun.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I excuse blowing a take or laughing, um, when it is clear that you're trying, you're trying, you're pushing through. The Fallon and Sand stuff was like, they were clearly just fucking with each other on live television. Right. And therefore like, not not as committed as a, as a Coleman or, or Conway. Right. Um, true, <laughs> true. 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 Um, and yeah, this is a break from the format, which, you know what? Hey, we're in quarantine era. I did Batman 66, <laughs> which was nominated for an outstanding comedy Emmy. So like also Carol Burnett was, I'm sure as well.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, 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 that's actually, series, I'm assuming so, but Reduckin. I didn't. Yeah.
2: So, you know what? Everyone deal with it. It's my show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> and who cares? Um, so yeah, this week on Must Have Scene TV, we'll be talking about the Carol Wynette Show episode, episode 422. It is the 22nd episode of season four and was written by Arthur Julian, Don Hinkley, Jack Mendelson, Stan Hart, Larry Siegel, Haywood King, Roger Beatty, Arnie Rosen, Kenny Salms, and Gail Parent, and directed by Dave Powers. Here's how Amazon describes the episode, which for some reason is broken up into two parts, instead of just being one 44-minute episode, whatever. Bob Newhart appears in Carol and Sis as Roger's accountant, whose wife makes Carol feel inferior. Also, a hungover Harvey discovers an even bigger headache fireside girl Alice Portnoy, and Carol salutes MGM with the help of guest stars Chita Rivera and Bob Newhart, spoofs of classic movies abound, including Ninachka, Blackboard Jungle, Gone with the Wind, and more. Matt and Becky, how accurate are those descriptions?
1: Uh, those are pretty much a 100- hundred percent accurate like
2: literally like the rundown that was taped backstage yeah accurate. <laughs> to, to tell yeah. them like what the running order was
1: so so here's something that i discovered after requesting uh to watch this um i clicked on and if you click on it right now and who knows it may be leaving amazon prime soon i believe uh you had mentioned it's going to shout factory like shout,
2: shout factory tv will be getting all up to stream for free uh, on June 1st,
1: all 11 seasons. Wow So the one thing the one thing that I learned and this so this was very surprising to me, right? Uh, I went to Amazon and I clicked on the Carol Burnett Show except that I saw that every season had either two or one star reviews, which to me yeah. seemed ridiculous, right? So I clicked to it and it turns out, That all of the digital files that we have available to us Are these butchered half-hour versions of the show The original show was an hour-long variety show every week And ever since the original airings They have slashed it to 30-minute episodes in syndication So the reviews are all complaining About how we don't have the original versions I'm very curious Because Shout is a very uh, restorative production Company? Yeah. Do they me, and are they going to do that?
2: Let me let me log into my Gmail and pull my work Gmail and pull up that um, press release that i got to see. Wow. Because yeah. So speaking of that, um, if you go on uh, Wikipedia, it mm-hmm. lists that. Oh boy, all these. <laughs> I can also just say, press people like cool it. I know i get <laughs> getting a lot of unsolicited pitches for random things. and it, yeah. people uh, cool it. Just yeah. Cool it. I know, hey, you know. Um, people are under the assumption that uh, pop culture writers are working less right now because there's less content being made that's new. Isn't <clears> that true? Because literally every single celebrity has turned into their own TV production studio, and there are reunions of literally everything happening all the time. Yes. So yes. It's, it's being very stressful. Anyway, yes. um, yeah, so all 11 seasons, the Carol Show I showed a stream on Shot Factory. So, yeah, you know, as I was saying, if you go on Wikipedia, it'll say that the average length of a Carol I Show episode was 54 minutes. Wow. If you watch it on Prime, the two episodes put together are 44 minutes. That's, okay. 10, ex- that's 10 missing minutes. And then also they double up Like, the credits? Yeah.
3: So weird. Strange. So
2: if you watch the first half, it ends, and all of a sudden, they're all in, like, Mountie costumes and stuff, and it's like, oh, you're gonna have to watch the next... Yeah. So, let's see. Um, Should should I just read the whole... uh, Many of the episodes, including the streaming release, will be available to watch for the first time since the original broadcast more than 40 years ago. Um, Fans will be able to watch all the show's episodes and see the evolution of key characters and sketches. Wow. Wow. marathon that's starting it off. Um from season one's Caroline Sons, blah blah blah. Some of beloved sketches, but less family. Um I don't know, it doesn't mention Yeah, it doesn't mention it, but I you know it could be. I mean that would be Shout that's uh, Shout Factory's whole jam, so Yeah. Well, and Shout I- Factory is a free service as well. Um and they just got the Johnny Carson show, which is what they're calling the tonight show. Oh, hello, okay. <laughs> so that's cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I love Shout Factory. Shout shout out to shout, shout that. out
2: hot, uh, shout out shout out shout factory. <laughs> Maybe they can be the first ever sponsor for this show. There <laughs> you
1: go. Yeah, I, I
2: yeah I'm learning like about it sponsors because I think Acast is my sponsor. I actually, you know what. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I feel very loose tonight, and I have not had anything to drink. I'm just uh, punch drunk from the punches of um, the pandemic. But yep. anyway, the episode starts and. I will be honest, I've only ever seen one full episode of Carol Burnett's show, and it is this one. And I've watched (laughs) this one twice, because Bob Newhart is in it. I watched it a couple years ago. I didn't know that! I didn't know that before picking this! That makes it even better! (laughs) Wow. Um, It's a good one. Um, So, it's weird watching it. So, when it starts, it just starts with, like, full lights up, Carol Burnett comes out on stage... Let's talk about what she's wearing cuz it is a great look. Oh, it's the- an
3: incredible look. Yes. I will say that and I was uh, I was
2: really enthralled with the look, okay? Mm-hmm. yeah, Felt good about it's like that. It's a purple t-shirt dress.
1: Mhm.
2: Like the top is like a purple like very nice luxe looking t-shirt. Mm-hmm. The bottom is like a it, oh, like a turquoisey green, yellow, and purple like stripe, flowy dress. Well, it's, and the a, yeah. middle is like a corset type belt. It's with, a like, very bedazzle.
3: like feminine Joseph Technicolor Dreamcoat sort of situation. Yeah, and I was into it, and I guess that like belt thing was kind of like it in the seventies, maybe.
1: Yeah and the well the the the, desi- the costume designer
2: Bob Mackie Bob Mackie fucking Bob Mackie, Mackie yeah. designed yeah. the look of Mama's family like right. yes.
1: <laughs> well he he also designed he designed the curtain rod dress for Went with the Wind yeah. which is now in the Smithsonian Museum
2: Well, like well. later on when Bob Newhart is wearing that um uh Monsieur Lefant, Marquis de Fop adopted, Marquis de Fop and yeah like, Oh that's Bob Newhart wearing Bob Mackie Yeah yeah it's just wild. Um, yeah. So she comes out and she takes questions from the audience. And
1: I loved it. It was so, it was so earnest.
3: Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Because we're so trained. I was like, wait, this isn't a bit. These aren't like writers yeah. in the show. Yeah. Those aren't plants in the
2: audience. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I want to talk about just the overall vibe of the Carol Burnett show, because it is unlike anything that we have on television today. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, the vibe of it, when you realize that this aired at, you know, 10 p.m. on a... Well, that for the most part of its run, it aired at, like, 10 p.m. on Saturday Mm -hmm. after a two-hour power block of four half-hour sitcoms. When you're going into the Carol Burnett show, that opening monologue is really, like, just setting you in, like, okay, hey, like... You know, kids are probably asleep. You probably pour yourself some, you know, drinks.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: I'm just gonna ease into it, and then we're gonna do some comedy, or there's gonna be some song. Like, it's a very comforting, welcoming feeling. Yes. Yeah, and it
3: wasn't like a monologue or anything yeah. like that. I mean, like, it, it also made me think. You know, like Fallon and they they all take questions before the shows, but it's not taped in the air. Yeah, yeah I mean,
2: right. you know. Hey, uh, late show, David Letterman did this every before every single show. Yeah. Every single um, show. Hey, you know, let's, me and Matt were both pages. We can break the NDAs that we never signed. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We um, never signed them. Dave would come out before every single show and yeah. do this with the studio audience, but it oh, was yeah. never taped. I,
3: I, they all do. I mean, yeah. I mean, when, when we went to Fallon, like he does the same thing, but yeah, it's, it's so interesting. I was like, oh, okay. So they just taped it and that was her opening. Yeah. I would say also easy, but I also think like, <laughs> they probably trusted her so much to give the correct oh. and good and great because answer.
2: There's not a pre-screened vibe to this at all. It no. no. Like because no one is mic'd. It is literally the audience just, and kudos to the audience for restraint, just shouting questions at Carol Burnett. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, I, and I might be wrong about this, but I think that that Q&A segment at the top of the show was Carol's husband's idea. Oh. Uh, who served as an executive yeah, producer on the show like, as well? Man. That's a. Well, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't no. saying it in that <laughs> no, sense. No, but know.
2: here for the boys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Here
1: we go. Yeah, let's talk about the men. They don't get enough credit. <laughs> no, I just. I, but this is this is what I'm trying to say about Carol is that uh, I think that it's very clear in the show and the enjoyment that everyone has in being on the show that it truly is a collaborative and yeah. like team environment. Yeah. I think that if you're on a show where where the person's name is at the top of the marquee, right? The Carol Burnett show, you're often <laughs> and it, the uh, the the sort of stereotype is that that person's going to be kind of difficult to deal with because yeah. they're wild enough. But Carol, Carol is inviting the audience into the show. She is inviting the guest stars into the show. She's just such a warm presence throughout, yeah. even when she's being, even in the, the first sketch that we see, where she's sort of the put-upon wife uh, yeah. and is upset, she's still so just, like, engaging and and yeah. warm.
2: What is super cool about the opening is, like, the audience is so familiar with her as well. And, right. like, they're all asking, like, hey, uh, when you come into Detroit? When you come in here? Right. Hey, here's a here's a doll I made for you. Like, they're very just, like, not even starstruck, really. It's just like, there's chilling with Carol, you know? Yes. Especially that little fresh boy at the end who's like, what's gotten you further in Hollywood, your body or your mouth?
3: <laughs> but yeah. he's like, I'm not going to answer that. I'm just going to be like, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming to drinks. <laughs>
1: yeah. Dude,
2: that was like a child asking that. That yeah, was great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we get the intro which is the janitor lady character just like an animated version of that. I also really love the um them realizing that it's on CBS as the Carol Burnett show and C- just like C- really leaning B- F- into that.
1: Who uh I was trying to look um the only name I could find for the animation department of Carol Burnett was Bill Littlejohn who was like an acclaimed animator. Now I don't know if he's the person that animated Amy that Perry. sequence um but i would i would love to know who animated the titles on that show cuz i really love there there's so much personality even in the animation of the the uh actors and everything in that short minute sequence that i that i really loved
2: i love a good animated opening
1: yeah you don't see that that often anymore
2: you don't see it anymore not these days <laughs> <laughs>
1: not, not, with this economy
2: we're all, we're all, uh, UCB RIP trained sketch writers. Like we've done sketch. True. Yes. Pour one out for the New York branch. Pour whatever. it True. out.
1: True. But that's also what I, uh, so as you, uh, as a sketch writer, as a comedy writer, as you watch all of this unfold, <laughs> except for when you, when you get to the musical numbers in the second half, it's a little bit different, but, um, you're, you're. What I, what I really loved is that they underline what each sketch is going to be about so clearly and then hit it so well. Even when you kind of know that, uh, like, as a writer, sometimes as you're watching stuff, you start to see the math of the process, so you can guess ahead at what the punchline's going to be. Even when you can do that, they're still having so much fun performing. Uh, uh, everybody on set uh, that that you don't it, it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the actual sketch unfolding.
2: No, not at all. It's 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 fun watching good people perform well. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the first sketch is just. It is, Carol Burnett is playing a kind of, like, frazzled, like, interrupt wife. Mm -hmm. Her husband's accountant just drops by to, like, drop off Mm -hmm. their taxes. He has a new wife. His new wife is a soaking hot blonde. And Mm -hmm. then it's just, like, Harvey Korman is enamored with her. Carol Burnett is frazzled. It's just, like, it's, 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 uh, it's... That really a, well, What's the game?
4: No, like, yeah, the
3: game? The, the game is that wives are lazy. <laughs> the,
1: the, well, I, thought the, I thought the game was lusty husband.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of the secretly lusty husband. Like, yeah, it's like it's not because like a game was like, what's the unusual thing? Right. And so, like from a UC from a UCB standpoint, um, maybe this would not fly in a sketch one hundred and one. But then again. Who has a lasting legacy, Carol Burnett of the UCB. True, true. I mean, uh, you
3: can't. I, well, you, also,
1: one of one of those programs was taught by a, uh, a robot in a poofy wig. And the other one was made by Carol Burnett. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's good. You
3: can't say a bad thing about Carol Burnett, obviously, as a performer. She's incredible. A- and the sketches were very much of their time. Like, the, yeah, like
1: for, I, oh, God, <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs>
3: And also, I feel like the character's name in that first sketch was Carol. I think he called her Carol.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's like, so I was like, exists.
3: so like, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, oh, she has her own TV show. Why is she making you dinner? Like, what are you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like Harvey Corman's just an asshole. Yeah. That's like, so true.
3: <laughs> I was like, if she's playing Carol, she's like very busy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh I did love – so Bob Newhart plays the accountant that comes over, and I love seeing this side of of Bob. Um, This is pre-the Bob Newhart show, so this is pre-him getting into sitcoms. At this point, he was a stand-up comedian variety Mm -hmm. show entertainer, and if you're only familiar with him via his sitcoms, where he's always playing a very – kind of not like low-energy, straight man, uh, simmering kind of rage kind of person. Put-upon. you see him in sketches in the 60s and early 70s, he has this range that I find so delightful because it is so against your expectations. When he comes in as that accountant, he's making bad jokes and he's like laughing too hard. Yeah. And- oh,
1: so good. The laugh is so
3: good. Yeah.
2: And it's like the so kind of funny. stuff you don't get to see when he's playing his characters on his sitcoms, and it's delightful.
3: Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he was very funny. And uh, so the the button-up
1: mind of Bob Newhart came out in 68? 60, 61. 60, oh, God, so this is...
2: yeah. Or, no, I think it's, it was 60, because I think they're celebrating the anniversary this year.
1: Okay, so it, so it had been 11 years at this point that he had yeah. been an established... A uh, uh, cabaret performer. He was a solo performer, but we had not quite seen the new heart that we know today. And so, like at
2: this point, what's a fun fact is he and Carol Burnett hosted a show together in the mid '60s called The Entertainers that only lasted one season.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't know about
0: that.
2: And okay. I also found in 1962. So I've I've all I have gone down a Carol Burnett rabbit hole recently because I'm watching the Lucy Show. Uh, and oh it's yeah, five of the Lucy Show. She just shows up. Now, this is 1966, so five years before this episode, Carol Burnett shows up on the Lucy Show, fully formed, essentially doing a um like, holy shit, Carol Burnett is on the Lucy Show this week (laughs) kind of vibe. Yeah. Like, she comes in, she gets all the lines, she dominates both episodes over Lucille Ball, (laughs) and it is just like this... tour-de-force performance from Carol Burnett. You're like, what the fuck? I didn't. This is five years before? How did the... And so I did a research into, like, her history and stuff. Yeah. So at this point she'd already been on the, I think it was called the Gary Moore Show, Okay. which was a variety show in the late 50s, early 60s, which she was, like, the young ingenue standout performer, like, yeah. you know, that they pulled off of Broadway and put on TV. So she was famous from that. Then she got The Entertainers, which was with Bob Newhart for one season. And then she did those Lucy shows and then she got Carol Burnett. Like, so it's it's just really cool seeing like when Bob Newhart comes on the show, like they buds. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: Well, don't forget too. So, uh, so Lucille Ball was so enamored with Carol Burnett that she actually um, she told Carol that she would write and create a sitcom for Carol to star in, and Carol Burnett said no. Because she was more interested in the idea of hosting this variety show that CBS had offered her, which I mean, imagine if like that, that like Lucille Ball offering that today, like I'm trying to think of someone on TV today that would be like, like that, that would be, that would be like, uh, 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 what's his name? The creator of Blackish, like offering someone Kenya Kenya Barris offering someone a show and being like, I'm going to tailor this to you. And then being like, I'm good. I'm oh. going to do this ver- this sketch show instead. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That is truly wild. Um, so in the first sketch, who would everyone want to play the most of all those characters? Mm. Is this a fun game to play? Yeah. So we got Harvey Korman as as the, Sexually frustrated, uh, him, not him pecked because he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, he's he's pecking himself, husband. self so As the take charge boss bitch wife. Hey. Hey. Um, <laughs> Vicky Lawrence as her little sister who was in the first scene and then just like pieces out immediately. Yep. Um, Bob the accountant or Blanche, the hot lady.
3: I feel like, I mean, I would want to be Bob the accountant. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be him?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be,
1: yeah. I, I got to be honest. I'd be Blanche, the hot lady.
3: Like you think that you would be cast as that, or you would want to be? Because the way you said you—Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa! Finish this carefully. <laughs> Wait, what?
3: What? Well, what? You want to be Blanche?
1: That's yeah. I would play okay. that character. Yeah. I like the idea of just playing like the clueless, the clueless like object of
2: affection. Of
3: playing that yeah. character.
2: Rude, rude. <laughs> rude. I like uh, I might play Harvey Corman's character. Ah! I'm, I'm cantankerous. <laughs> I feel like I would
3: play Carol, too. Well, I feel like I'd play Carol. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about Carol, I think I'd play Carol.
1: Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're talking about Carol Burnett or the character Carol in the sketch? <laughs>
2: Carol, yeah, both. Yeah, both. Well, Carol in the sketch is Carol Burnett, the person playing yes. herself. <laughs> yeah. um, my favorite joke might have been... So, at one point, like, Bob... When he sits down on the couch, Blanche like puts all these pillows, pillows behind him, and then Bob like leans back and he says, "Yeah, I have a bad back." And yeah. then Harvey Corman says, "Of course." Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which I realized, yes. like that's that's a that's a sex joke. It's like, yeah, Bob has a bad back because they are going to Pound They're Town. Doing yes. it.
3: I loved when Carol like sat on top of Harvey to be like, "I'm gonna sit in the middle." <laughs> it was
2: <just> like, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was really. Oh, and yeah. then also at the very. And when like after they leave, and Carol is just like angry, and then um, Harvey—I don't know what is his name of the sketch—Harvey Corman, is trying to like calm her down Georgia. and be like, "Dave, I love you. I'm always gonna love you, even after like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I will always love you, Blanche." Blanche, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And then,
2: and, but what is so funny is like as soon as he says Blanche, she lets out this guttural reaction scream the to scream. what he just said.
1: Yes. Yeah, they both, they both yell at the same time. Like, they both realize what he's done. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so would this sketch have flown at Mod Night, UCB's, uh, sketch, uh, sketch no. monthly No. Well, Becky, you were on Mod Night. I
1: feel like you would have a better opinion.
3: I think of we this. all know that no, is the answer is no. I mean, I think unfortunately, there would have to be some like I think talking potato in the background or. <laughs> I think,
1: I think everyone's acting like too much of like a real human for it to... No, uh, <laughs> I mean, I also think it's,
3: like, offensive now. Like, there's oh, a lot certain. of issues with it. Like, <laughs> And that's what I'm saying, I think. Like, yeah,
2: like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, well, but yeah there's like,
3: no, like, there's no game. What, this is just, like, a real... Yeah, exactly. yeah, What
2: makes this work is knowing, like, it's these performers and they can just do anything, and it is right. funny because they're so committed, and the patience to it as well, to, like, start the show with, like, a grounded relationship sketch that's, mm-hmm. like, a very simple right. premise, mm-hmm. like, it's very smart. Um, the it's, second sketch yeah. is a super, super solid, like, this could be on SNL right yeah. now Is this sketch, the,
3: the Hangover the, the Girl Scout, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 Alice Portnoy.
3: Yes, okay. That
1: was a recurring character oh, on the okay. series, yeah. Yeah, they, like, this one, this one is 100%, so funny. like, by the moves, and you can tell that she, like, uh, the audience loves the moment they see her, and the, it yeah. just, it's... This one, this one feels razor sharp.
3: Yeah, yeah. There no no notes.
2: Yeah, no notes. <laughs> no notes, no notes at all. You get back in the back alley. Delaney's like perfect. Yeah, Delaney yeah. is
3: perfect. Hey, awesome. That was yeah. great. That was great.
2: But I, yeah.
1: I I love this character too. Right. Because
2: uh, I w- w- wrote w- what's Urkel that? Urkel in my notes. I wrote Urkel in my notes. One hundred percent.
3: Gotta love a precocious youth.
2: Yeah, you there's a to good. <laughs> Just like, so, uh, I'm also watching a lot of family matters. Okay. Uh, Urkel is at his best when he is smart and actually aware of what's going on. And then he can like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. he, so like the moment where, so Harvey Korman is playing a guy that's like drunk and hungover after a party and the girl scout, Alice Portnoy knocks on the door, comes in. Harvey's like, he's kind of like, this is a kid. I don't want to tell her that I'm like hungover from getting crunk last night. So he's like, I have a cold. And then she's like, Oh yeah, you have a cold. On top of that hangover, like this. <laughs> yes, that, yeah, so funny, and it clues you into so much about that character of like, right. oh, she's in on it.
1: She knows. She, she has what? What I love. That's that's what it is. Is uh, that Alice Portnoy has agency yeah. within the sketch. She's uh, uh, at that time that sketch sort of in that character sort of flips the ideal on its head where, you know, parent adults are supposed to be speaking wisdom to the children. And it's, and, and here comes a child with wisdom for them. And also not only that is smarter than all the adults in the room. She's (laughs) smarter than him. The entire sketch, because she outwits him all the way to the very last line.
2: Yeah. I, it heightened in super interesting ways that I didn't – because she's there basically like trying to raise money to go on like a trip or whatever. Yeah. And so she has like nickels in a can and is like banging it around, which is causing a lot of noise. She's like, you know, what will muffle that sound is the dollar bills. Um She heightens it to the point where she's like – she gets her money and actually on her way out, she's like, oh, yeah, the, that, you know, make me figure out about this. What about that picture I took of you at the party? Like, then it turns out like she's also blackmailing him. And it's just yes. Delightful.
1: Yes. Well, that's, again, the, speaking to the intelligence of the character that uh, Harvey shuts the door behind her and then he goes, the negative. And he opens yeah. it again and <laughs> she already has it and is just yelling, $50, yeah. $50. <laughs>
2: And the, the most heightened beat of it is after everything is said and done, she's frustrating him to the point where he starts to strangle her but at that point, Vicky Lawrence is our, is in there like snapping a photo of him. Yes! And it's yeah. like, it's uh. so great!
1: By the way, by the way, quick shout out, Vicky Lawrence, who looked like Carol Burnett's quick shout sister. Out to Vicky
3: Lawrence, yeah, quick she shout really out to Vicki. Look, I was confused because mm-hmm. Carol kept like in the first one re- referred to her as her sister, and I was like, oh yeah, that's her sister. And then I was like, wait, what? It's not. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and it is. So, like, Vicky Lawrence. So, in height, because first of all, Vicky Lawrence is twenty-two.
1: She she started the show the when she 30. was eighteen.
2: Yeah. Which, that is crazy. And why did she start at 18? Because in high school, in her high school talent show, she did a Carol Rennett routine. And she wrote Carol Rennett and was like, hey, like, everyone says I do a good impression of you. Can you come see me perform? Carol Rennett fucking did. Because she was working on I guess it was this show. She was like, I need someone to play my little sister, so I should go check out this woman. This this high schooler. And she goes,
4: and that then she gets hired
2: out of high school. To psychotic. Play. That's actually for- unbelievable. unbelievable. And then like that is literally you would write that as your fanfic. As yes. your like personal Mary Sue, like, here's how I became Bob Newhart's little brother on the Bob Newhart show. Don't I- happen like that no more.
1: <laughs> you would the- <laughs> That's the type of thing where you would be like, "Hey, let's make fun of fan fiction." You would type in like Scott Stapp fanfic, and then read out loud the story that someone wrote that was like, "Oh yeah, I was a Florida man, was in
2: a Creed cover band in high school, and then yeah. Scott Stapp came, but he got laryngitis that night in town, so then I got to sing for Creed." Like- yeah, and you
1: wrote that right
3: back. I wrote that. You did write I that. I love Scott. Stop.
1: Scott, mm, we we won't. No, nope.
3: Scott. Stop.
1: Stop
2: scat stop scat stop scat stop i love scat stop scat stop Stop. is cool so it is wild that that, like that is vicky lawrence's trajectory and then because she's so young in this and she doesn't like look 22 no No. does not so it's so well, but when you're watching mama's family 10 years later or 11 years later, and she's playing a woman in her sixties, but she is like 34. Yes. So, and then the fact what? that like she was on cool kids.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: Late into cool kids. Yeah. Um, and it was finally the age that mama was supposed to be like 30 years later.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. And the, I'll tell you too. Wait, 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 wait. I was so obviously like I, had discovered Carol Burnett in the eighties. And I didn't know about the connection to mama's family until, you know, a couple of years later. And then when I saw Vicki Lawrence out of makeup for the first time, I thought someone switched photos. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 no. Mama's like a 60, 65 year old woman.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs> so this is where um, a bunch of Mounties Come out and start singing If you're watching on Amazon You're like, what the hell's going on? Yes. So that's why you go to the next episode Because that's where the second half is And so the second half is just And they come out Like Carabiner comes out And it's like, okay, cool Now we're just going to do another tribute To a movie studio Here's our MGM Studios so review crazy yes. A bunch of sketches about MGM movies
1: And I'll tell you what There's another Gone with the Wind sketch yeah. In this one. And I, for a second, it started and it was clearly gone with the wind. And I got really excited. I was like, is this a compilation? A and we're just going to see that sketch. But no. Um, and this was, this one, I think, is so easily accessible. I think this is like the prototype for pop culture referencing.
2: Yeah. So, like, the first one is, and it also shows how to do it correctly because I have never, ever seen Nanochka, or Blackboard nope. Jungle. Nope. I have not seen Gone with the Wind since Same. they made us watch it in school. I never seen. Grade.
3: It. I ain't never seen that no movie.
2: <laughs> but who's from the south? Yeah, Tennessee. <laughs> they played it in the closed circuit television in our middle school. Fair,
3: okay.
1: Fair, fair.
2: <laughs> um, so like, but like, so the first one is like, now here's a story of Ninochka, a Story of a like a Russian woman. The first time she laughed, and it's just Harvey Corbin sticks his elbow in soup accidentally, and then Carol Burnett as this severe Russian lady just like lets out this long, loud, nerdy laugh that is very embarrassing, and she's like, that's why I don't laugh. But, yeah. And that's it. That's the joke. Yeah,
3: yeah, the the when yeah, the very short synopsis they give before this blackout sketch. I was like first I was like, that's oh. annoying, but it was like, oh that's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah.
2: The next one is uh Blackboard Jungle about teaching like rough teenagers or whatever and it's just bob newhart and it's like okay everyone everyone uh please like director like no bullets at school please put your bullets up here Oh, bring your
1: bullets everybody with every all the kids in class with guns i want your bullets up here now
2: and then it's just oozy fire at the blackboard <laughs> and then bob reacting like uh whoop!" like oh <laughs> And I want to shout out his amazing blue suit in this little blackout skirt. Good really blue good suit.
1: Super solid on him, too. Yeah.
2: As the accountant, that corduroy jacket that he wore oh. was yes. perfect. Um, I,
1: I threw out... I, I, I got rid of a, polo, a Ralph Lauren rugby brown corduroy blazer uh, that I had a couple of years okay ago. Though. And I, uh, I regret it to this day. Uh, I have no idea what, what convinced me to do that.
2: <laughs> so then... Then we just get uh, a musical number that isn't the main musical. They're gonna be parading later. It's just a Cheetah Rivera like musical number with yeah. Mickey Cheetah and Carol. Yes, just the three of them dancing. And at this point in my notes, all right, they are fucking working.
3: They were working, and it was very impressive. And I don't think it was meant to be funny at all.
2: Yeah.
1: No, I think it's just impressive.
2: I love about television from the 70s is you're like, yeah, you had a variety show and you need to be able to sing, sing passively, yeah. dance passively, be funny. Like it is a level of um, triple threat artistic talent that I would love to see on SNL more like oh, yeah. or on modern yeah. variety shows. Because it right. seems like now you get on your Pete Davidson and you're like, you know, you're funny at being yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. But it's like, no, man, I want I want you to be able, I want to see a show where everyone can sing and dance and be funny. Right. right. And that's what this is, and it's really cool. <laughs>
1: that's true. There's um I, I was trying to think of like a it felt like um the uh this series and everything I think sort of before SNL is sort of uh theater sketch. Theatrical yeah. sketch where you can get away with and and I even feel like SNL In the last few years has sort of drifted back towards elements of this, where you can put up something like this, where the audience is okay with it not being gut busting, but it's an impressive dance number. It's impressive song number. Like the, the the quality of performance is so good that it doesn't matter that it's not funny. You're, you're, you're
2: engrossed
1: by the performance and that's what counts.
2: I also love that – so nowadays in Modern Sketch, we have either your SNL and Before the Dark Times, you would do it live. And so it is like warts and all, do it live, maybe huh. the camera's going to be blocked, weird, maybe we're going <laughs> to flood lines. Or you are the, like, um, Key and Peel, Schumer, uh, you know, all like that. Like, we are basically little mini-films. Yeah. Carol Burnett, because they, like, didn't do it live, like did it live to tape twice, mm-hmm. and then edited it together the best, and then presented that, you know, feasibly, what, maybe, like, a week after they did it or something? Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't in post a lot. It hits this middle ground where it feels both live, but also, like perfected, right? like, yes. you're not you're not worried that, like, a camera is going to linger long, right. or, you know, cue cards are going to... Right, they yep. have all
3: their lines We're
2: memorized. We called a yeah. really good um, library reading challenge sketch, which was so funny, but, like, the direction was weird, and, like, the camera was on the wrong thing for too long during the sketch, and it's like, that, uh like, Yeah. If it's Carabinette show, they're going to do it again, and then they'll use that.
1: Yep. Right. Yeah. And that's, it, there's a... Um, Even within that, there's so much like precision to the performances on this show as well. Even when they are breaking, like they'll corpse and you see it like in the Mountie sketch and musical number where Harvey and Carol are singing at the very end of everything and they're both busting up on the swing but they're busting up and still performing which is so wild to me that they can continue
2: to cover her mouth yeah 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 that's true that's true (laughs) so then we get um a oh then we get the gone with the wind skit which was very funny but then also a lot of things towards the end of this episode really highlighted how we used to think of women as property
1: (laughs) this is definitely from a different era yeah (laughs)
2: It's like Gone with the Wind was, well, the the gag of it is he'd like Rhett or whatever, Lyle Wagner as handsome man from Gone with the Wind and Vicki Lawrence as young debutante from young yeah. Gone with the Wind. Basically, he's like, oh, I'm going to carry you up the stairs and essentially like rape you, like basically is the gag. Cause she's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to go up there. Don't take me. And he's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to take you. The funny thing is, is when he picks her up, her hoop skirt just goes crazy and falls over <laughs> and keep falling over, which is a really, really funny gag.
3: It was very fun. Yeah.
2: The context surrounding it is very, like, that's... Uncomfortable. But the button at the end oh. to get upstairs, and she's like, you can't do this. And he's like, why? I was like, my bedroom's downstairs. Yeah, that was great. Oh, okay. It was consensual all along. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but his his face, Lyle Wagner's face at the end is so good. Becky, you yeah. laughed out loud I at mean, his reaction. Well, yeah,
3: it was very funny. I mean, like, it's not their fault. Like, this is uh, Gone with the Wind's fault. That they're talking about sure. rape and women, you know? Yeah. And then the Cara Bornecho was trying to uh, bring it to light in a funny way. Trying to get the conversation going. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Water coolers in 1971.
3: Exactly.
2: <laughs> so then we get essentially a, I didn't count it, but like maybe 11 minute mini musical sketch.
1: It went wow. through a commercial break. Yeah,
2: and it was called like Naughty Rosemary.
1: So these are... I, I I had read that apparently like there was it's not a genre, but there w- there was like a popular movie series about mounties. Oh, like in the okay. 50s and 60s, and that this was actually sending up.
2: So I just watched over the weekend, I was like so we were watching Mama's Family. Oh, it is all connected, honey. We were watching Mama's <laughs> Family, which is spin-off well, of the Carol Burnett Show, and I was like, I love Ken Barry. Ken Barry is adorable. I loved Kimberry yes. on F-Troop when I was a young uh gay child. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, F Troop is now on iTunes, so I'll pay three bucks for an HD remastered episode <laughs> of F Troop. Of course. So I started with the season two premiere because that's when it was in color, guest starring Paul Lind as a singing Mountie, and from Canada, and, like, Agarn's fur-trapping French brother-twin, like, cousin is in town. So, oh. like, I watched this episode of F Troop, and then I watched this sketch, and I was like, oh, they're making fun of the exact same wow. thing. I think so, yeah. It was. It is a genre that has fully gone away. The Canadian wilderness, like, there were, you know, native people in both things. Um, yep. Comfortably offensive. So. There yeah. was, you know, the fur trapper with yeah. yep. the bad accent in both. Yes, offensive. The mounties that were singing. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah isn't that funny that there are just, like, genres of, of of film and musical and stuff that are gone to us? Who knows
2: what else is out there. Truly. Um, it's like the whole... A lot of it is like Carol Carolina is playing a it's like a runaway princess, Princess Mary Marie Rose that is um now like Rose Marie. She's on the hideout because she's been engaged to this like gay uh basically like, very Yes. Yeah. Definitely, like, prince,
0: yeah.
2: aristocrat. Um and then she falls in love with a mountie, but then the aristocrat comes and she hides as a mountie, then the aristocrat and the mountie have a duel and then like it's it's you know They have a
1: cute. sing-off.
2: They have a sing-off um so what I uh, liked about it was Bob Newhart. So there are two jokes in this sketch. <laughs> yeah, yeah here we all, go. Here we go. When the Mounties yeah. come out and they are singing, they sing the line. We always get our man, which is a Mountie, which is the Mountie catchphrase, by the way, because that was also an F Troop.
1: Yes. Wow. That was that. And, ma- the Mountie always gets his man. There was a WWF wrestler named the Mountie. In the early nineties, and that was how he ended every promo. The Mounty always gets his man.
3: Is the is a, is a Mounty just a man what a battle? It
1: stands for it stands for RCMP okay. Royal Canadian Mounted Police.
2: Oh, yeah. I understand. Never, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Um so they and while they sing that all of the men behind Harvey Corman as lead mounty are essentially like holding each other and dancing together, saying yes. the Mountie always gets his man. So that, that was point yes. well, one. Strike one. Wow. I,
1: I got to say, before we even jump into the next part, I am so straight and dumb. That flew over my head even apologize today. To, uh, and I want to apologize to, <laughs> to everybody, to everybody
2: yeah. listening. <laughs> so that clued me in on something. And then when Bob Newhart comes out as the foppish Marquis de Fop, Yes. And... He's like talking to Harvey Korman Mountie and then when and then under his breath, he says Red is so out this year. Yeah, at that point, I was like, there is a fucking homosexual on this writing staff. And I'm going to find out who <laughs> it is from that list of names. And I fucking found him. His name is Kenny Solms. There hey, we go. There we go. And he, so I did, I went in a deep wiki rabbit hole on him. He was Gail Parent. So Gail Parent, who created Golden Girls. Yes. Um, after this. So they were writing partners in college. They met in college and they wrote as a team on the Carol Rennett show. And then after Carol Rennett show, Kenny Soames like stuck with Tim Conway and wrote a bunch of like Tim Conway stuff. Dorf on Golf golf. I don't know. <laughs> but it's. It was just like super cool to watch this episode and see those two jokes. Just like those are gay man jokes. Yes, yes. no straight man in that room would have ever put that come joke up with, in. Red is not in this year.
1: There was even uh what was what was Bob's first line when he comes in, Uh because he just he leaned into it. In such a way.
2: I hate your singing. Yeah, that's what Uh, it was. That's what
3: it was. That was very funny. And also, well, he like paused just the way he delivered it was also very funny. Yeah. I loved, I loved Newhart's
1: performance in this sketch. I thought that, especially for the era when it would have been so easy to push this far, far over the top and turn it into something that was, uh, like offensive. You know, I, I think that. I think that Bob did a really good job. With Bob did the job. Yeah, Bob did the job. Yeah,
2: and it's also just fun seeing him. So that's the other thing that I realized while watching Harvey Corman, who is a tall, masculine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a man. Like he looks yeah. like your granddad in a right. way. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, he just is just like you know the kind of dude you would see at like the lodge, right? <laughs> but to see him in full like mounty drag singing and dancing. It may, it's like kind of crystallized this reason why I love this kind of stuff so much is because comedy and this kind of stuff gives manlier or like more masculine presenting men a reason to be silly and not care.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah. Under circumstances, like when maybe normally a man should not be this silly, but you know, it's just it's just really cool <laughs> to see so I love like that. all the men in the sketches get to be very silly.
3: Silly and goofy.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're 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 trying to uh I, I think in in a in a very masculine character, they try to hide their uh vulnerability through <laughs> hyper-masculinity, right? Yeah. And now we have characters within this era and within the sketch that are trying to, uh, like, like mask different vulnerabilities in different ways. And I think that that challenge for those actors too is like really interesting to see them play that out in a way that doesn't feel like we're like, Oh, okay. We need to apologize to the air while we're watching this all alone at home. <laughs>
2: It's like why, I mean, like, you know, save it for my therapist, but like as for like being gay, like you being gay and growing up with like all the expectations that masculinity of like forced on you and stuff. Yeah. Um It makes you fearful of masculinity, which is why I relate to men like Bob Newhart so much, because they are unquestionably like masculine. But like in a like natural like, eh, right. like kind of like you know not uh, not toxic
1: they don't use it <laughs> yeah. as a weapon they don't use masculinity yeah. as a weapon
2: and it's it's it, men like Harvey Corman and like a Tim Conway and like those kind of just like affable you know funny dudes are men that I really like aspire to be like and like admire you know I don't hey I don't know if they're problematic in any way right. out, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, haven't checked I feel them like out. they're all fine. Has Tim Conway been canceled?
1: <laughs> no, but Dorf has. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dorf, Dorf, Dorf. <laughs> Yo, Dorf. Dorf's always been a problem.
2: <laughs> uh, people that don't know about Dorf, look it up. I don't <laughs> um,
3: know.
1: Oh, I'll show you. I'll show
3: you I later. I love
2: them, and I love getting to watch him just like lean into this like musical theater fantasy, and just commit so hard. You know, also like watching Celebrity Drag Race on VH1 right now is also like the same kind of thing, like seeing. Um, you know people like dustin milligan from schitt's creek who was just on this most recent episode uh like Nina West's daughter and like love it so much you get to talk about how he as a straight cisgender man still like he opened up about like yeah i feel all this pressure of masculinity on me and it's like it's right. so cool to hear someone that ostensibly has all of the cultural power still be like yeah man it's fucking hard
3: yeah <laughs> like, yeah
2: i would yeah, you know, it's cool. Yeah. So not that like this is not like they were like bursting down barriers in the Mountie sketch or anything, but it is just cool seeing so many men being so willing and open to just have fun. Right. Yeah.
1: And you know, I will say too, this episode, these episodes that we, uh, these episodes, this episode that we watched, uh, all took place before uh, Tim Conway was on the show, yeah. even.
2: Yeah, he was a frequent guest star oh, for like okay. eight years, and then came on full time. I thought he was always on full time, so I was shocked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the fact that the fact that this writing staff, the team on this show, and everyone was already already had an eye on that. Like that's not a that's not an accident. That those are the those are the men that they're presenting on television at that time. In America, You know what I mean? Like, like she like those people were cast for those reasons. And the fact that that we had people that forward thinking back in the late 60s is, uh, a, you know, a testament to the sort of progressive mentality that unfortunately it took a while for and it's still taking a while for other parts of the country to still catch up to.
2: Comedy is great when it is pushing boundaries and people are just having fun. Yes. Um, yeah. The episode ends with Carol Renette introducing her sister. It ends with like another lucky original chat. That to the was audience, so like, funny. <laughs> yeah. Christ, <my>. like, <laughs> well, you know, just felt... <laughs> I, uh,
1: I had seen, I had seen her sister during the, uh, the dance sequence. Yeah. Same. And I almost said it out loud. I was like, that woman looks like Sarah Silverman. That's crazy. Um, and, and I think it might just be like the, the quality of the video and the distance of the camera. But then she pulled her, she pulled her up and it turns out that was actually her sister too. Um, yeah.
2: I thought that was really sweet was too. Cute. She,
1: she had no qualms with being like, no, 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 we're all going to the, share the stage together.
2: Yeah, it was really nice, and she was even like, now "Everyone thinks that Vicky Lawrence is my sister, but she's not. She's, she's not." That. Yeah, and they like, "It's yeah. actually <laughs> it was <really> funny." Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's uh, when I learned that Vicky Lawrence was not. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what? Fifty years later, I'm glad that Carol Burnett made that distinction in the episode. <laughs> thank, thank yes, me too. <laughs> thank goodness. Are uh, you ready for some must-have facts? Oh yes, boy, funny. we're so ready. Oh my God! So.
1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com
0: slash people today.
2: Oh, uh, about 19.8 million people watched this season of television. I don't know. That seems like a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many watched this specific episode, but 19.8 million. But it was only 25th Of all the shows of the season.
1: Carol never Carol Burnett show never broke the top ten in the Nielsen's. It's one of the greatest sitcom or like one of the greatest T V shows of all time. Never broke into the top ten. I know
3: why.
2: Because she's a woman. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I feel like it was probably because it came on at 10 p.m. Yeah, you know, for sure.
1: Like no out. excuse! No, that's probably yeah. the real reason. And that's but, crazy. Uh, actually, that's crazy, too, that the 10 p.m. Saturday night television show actually was consistently in the 20s and then at the end of the series was in uh, the the teens.
2: Yeah, that's what, I mean, get... <sighs> You know, we might see this return to like a blockbuster Saturday Night powerhouse lineup in these times. Now that we can't go anywhere,
1: True. You're, not, you're not wrong. Uh,
2: what a dream it would be. Maybe I should do this on Must Have Seen TV and every night just air an episode. Oh my God, could I do this? It was no All in the Family. Can't find All in the Family anywhere. Fuck.
0: Oh, I'll oh. figure
2: it out. But but Bob Newhart show All in the Family, Marital More, Mash, and Carol Burnett were the Saturday Night lineup. On wow. CBS. Which is like... That's
1: crazy!
2: You know, it's just like CBS just, like, fucking flexing. Because I think it was, like... Was it All in the Family, Mary Tillmore, Bob Newhart, MASH, Caravanette? It was, like, some order of that. It was...
1: CBS. We've got it from here, television.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, So, the top five shows of this week of television, because I did find this information. um, Number five was the NBC Saturday Night Movie McClintock.
1: Oh, McClintock! Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, Number four was Here's Lucy... Lucio Ball's third sitcom. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, number three was Hawaii Five O. Oh, classic. Two was Marcus Welby, M.D. And number one was the Flip Wilson show.
1: The Flip Wilson show was the number one show yes. on television. I've never heard of him. <laughs> Flip Wilson. Flip Wilson was speaking of I mean, Nick at Night. Flip Wilson was on Nick at Night in the nineties
2: all the yeah, time. I, I watched Flip Wilson a lot. Yeah. It was the Carol Burnett show, but he was a black man. Like yes. it was okay, the incredible. same type of like we're gonna do sketches and like songs and dance. And he had a drag character that he did. Wow. Um oh, what was her name? Oh god, I should know that. I
3: was gonna say it sounds like it's like a uh TV show filmed in a hotel on like the Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wilson.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a the spinoff couple couple of Drake and Job.
2: Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. <laughs> Uh, drag character. Oh, I should know this. This is going to drum uh, Wasn't it Geraldine Jones? Oh, Geraldine! Uh-huh. Yeah. Geraldine was played as a sassy, liberated Southern woman who was coarsely flirty, yet faithful to her unseen boyfriend, Killer. <laughs> Killer! <laughs> See, even that description made me laugh. So, yeah. comedy gold. Um, so, at this time, though, because this is before All in the Family uh debuted... Mary Teller Moore had already debuted, but it was in like season one. So Carol Burnett joined a little bit later. So it was on Monday nights on CBS at this time. Oh. And the lineup on Monday nights for CBS at this time were kicking off that night with a little Gunsmoke action. Oh, yeah. Season like something of Gunsmoke. Um, and then following it up with Here's Lucy. Then Mayberry RFD, which is the Andy Griffith follow-up show. Yeah. Ken Berry. Yep. Um, The Doris Day show. Which was itself kind of a pre- predecessor to the Mary Teller Moore Show, but not really. Uh, and then the Carol Burnett Show closed out that night. interesting, yep. so,
3: interesting. Yeah, interesting.
2: yeah. Um, I did not look up. Hold on, I can do this. Don't I don't, I don't edit these episodes? I don't edit them one you bit. You shouldn't. So have to no. Listen to me googling this right now. And Carol going, Show. That that's the song, right? To IMDb. <laughs> okay, so on IMDb. <laughs> Uh, thirteen IMDb users rated this episode a nine point one out of ten. Okay. Oh, incredible Holy score! Holy shit! Incredible. So y'all yeah. Higher, lower? than those thirteen, <laughs> haven't seen
3: any other episodes, episodes, so I'll give it also a nine point one.
2: <laughs> um, Trust the, exp-
3: yeah, the experts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the experts on. I'll
1: this. tell you what I would give it. I would give it an eight.
3: Okay. Yeah. Tough crowd.
1: Yeah. Okay. I would give it an eight. I would give it an eight, but I think that's also because I'm looking at it through, through like uh, the lens of I'm watching it in 2020. Um And I also know that there are a lot of, there are much better episodes of the series that are available. And there are much more legendary sketches that came out of it. But even then this was still, Incredibly fun, incredibly enjoyable to watch. I
3: was laughing out loud. You know what? what? If it was directed by a woman, it'd be a ten. I'm sure <laughs> the director was very uh, incredible director. I don't know. I don't even know who it was. Dave Powers. <laughs> so,
1: Dave Powers. <laughs> there oh, you man. go. Classic DP. If
3: he's still working, would love to talk with him.
2: Oh, he did all of Mama's family. Okay. Or most all of Mama's family. Well Sounds that makes like sense. A, and actually, the, good director. All of yeah. three's company. Okay, good director, probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah this yeah. guy
1: knows his stuff.
2: So, uh, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say like eight, solid eight. A, B, solid usually, eight is usually I give an eight things, and I'm like, yeah, liked it. Like liked watching it. it. I yeah. feel like other people might use that for a seven, but I use it for an eight. I like um, that. Who had the must see performance of this uh, variety spectacular? Because we got to see all of them do a show arrange. There's yeah. a range going on here Yeah,
3: I mean I'm a uh, Carol Burnett <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know yeah, yeah that seems right Why? Because she is very good <laughs> well, She made me shit. laugh she Way to articulate la- Yeah absolutely very articulate She made me laugh uh, Incredible uh-huh. dancer She's yeah. good singing
1: Yep she's good singing <laughs> She's good
3: singing What do you the think? De-
1: Um, I, well, I would say Carol, but I don't want to, uh, draft off of your choice. So I will pick a different choice. I will say, um, Bob Newhart. I'll say, Um, I'll say Bob because I was so enjoyably surprised by the choices that he made whenever he was on screen. Um, the Blackboard Jungle sketch, there's a, uh, there's a moment. Yes. When, when the, when the bullets hit, there is a moment where he reacts to it happening, and there's just so much in it that killed me. I love that. Uh, I would go with. Wait, is that
3: when they like zoom in and he does this face? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I love that. So, it was, I
3: laughed because that was like an OSFUG reaction. Yeah, like, I'm ironic.
2: <laughs> no, that was the Gone with the Wind sketch. Oh, that was the Gone. With that was Gone thing. with that the was Wind sketch. Like, yeah, it's like giving like that big arch eyebrow. Yeah, yeah. 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 I am contractually obligated to give it to Bob Newhart. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my, he's my granddad. Uh, oh okay, congrats. <laughs> um, I wish no. Uh, must other people see this episode of television. I would
1: say yes.
3: Well, I would say, excuse me, sir. Sorry, we our dog. Um, <laughs> I excuse would also me, sir. Dog. Me, sir. <laughs> do you want to watch Carol Burnett? Um, I would also say yes. I mean, if you haven't seen any, so see something.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that I think so that. Good. Yeah, I, I would absolutely. What do you think?
2: I would. I mean, like, I'm sure there. You know, you might want to start with a Tim Conway one, Tbh, because when you think of Carol Burnett, show like you think of Vicky Harvey, Harvey Tim, and uh, Carol. Um, but I think just for starting out with a random one, like, yeah, kind of makes me think you could roll the dice and just pick one and you're probably going to be golden. I feel that same way too.
1: I think so too.
2: It's the same with Laugh-In. I will, I've watched a lot of Laugh-In recently. Laugh-In is like watching a literal 50 minute Vine compilation. I don't like (laughs) that. (laughs) The 60s. (laughs) That's...
1: That is the most, it, it, you know, it was, it took Vine to be created for someone to find the most accurate description of laughing, And uh, I, mean, I think that you it, found it. Like
2: TikTok, but, yes. Uh, but like, laughing is just like a nonstop barrage. It's like they turn on the hose with one liners and just are just. Firing it at you for, for mm-hmm. a solid hour. It's <laughs> like
1: and the the the, the commercial breaks, breaks. The commercial breaks were so much shorter. i The sixties and seventies, which means that I mean, yeah, it is a trip. Um,
2: it's fifty four minutes, do, not forty four. <laughs> what they would do with laughing, I think, was they would just get like who hey, who's in town this weekend to come to the set, and they would just get them in front of camera, give them a whole bunch of one liners, and then they would edit together. Like, six episodes out of that hours of footage. Yeah. So, like, you look on IMDb, it'll be like, oh, Charles Nelson Raleigh's in these five episodes. It's like, oh, no. He just went one day, said 31-liners, <laughs> and they just, like, split them across. All these yeah, 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 wow. yeah. Yeah, like, he's, he's
1: wearing the same thing show. in five episodes. <laughs> it's,
2: it is It is intense. Like, they have sketches that cut out the setup. And cut out the end, and it's just like the middle where ra- random crazy shits happening. Oh my god! Wow, I think. Hey, watch them laughing. You know, yeah, I feel awesome. like I
1: need to revisit it yeah. now. Yeah, it
2: was on Prime as well. Prime is your Prime is your home for uh, if you want to recreate the feel of being in a cigarette filled gin soaked like seventies <laughs> <70s> hotel room. <laughs> like Amazon
3: Prime, Prime baby. Go.
2: Cause they got D. Martin roasts on there. Oh yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they have there's a there's a lot of like really great archival television. They have
2: like that like eighties uh, improv stand up like anthology series. Live at like, the a, improv. Like- yeah, like, live at the improv, improv like, stand-up of yes. 80s comedians is on there.
1: Wow. Oh, man. And the
2: thing is, like, Amazon's interface is awful, so you really have to search, but, like, you will find things It's like, am I, is, do they know this is on here? Do like, they know? Like, yeah, yeah Did they, they mean people? for this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, did someone just <laughs> upload this? Like, is this, are we cool with this? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Um. Anyway, yeah, so where can people find you on the internet if they want to, you know, talk about um, The Carol Burnett Show and uh, Vine?
3: Okay, at Becky ShaCoin across all platforms, including TikTok. Shit!
2: Yeah.
1: Come <laughs>
4: on.
2: You can, you can also get... But you can also catch <laughs> that's Becky. Right. You can
1: also catch you on you Girls catch with Brown me. Hair.
3: Yeah, but I'll usually post all of those videos also on my Instagram for the views. Um, but
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. You uh, you just recently put up a, a very fun Sarah Bareilles,
3: and that one uh, is only on the Girls with Brown Hair um, YouTube and Instagram. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Sarah Bareilles fortieth um, uh, birthday tribute concert in the vein of the Sondheim night. It's a lot of explanation and... I thought oh, know, it was
1: Andrew Lloyd Webber.
3: <laughs> Sondheim. Sondheim. Oh, boy. Andrew Lloyd Webber? <laughs>
1: wow, Brett. Imagine imagine oh, right. uh, uh, not knowing anything, uh, having a spouse that knew nothing about comics and then asking you uh, random questions about things that they should know. And that's what it's like with me and theater for her because um, I don't know anything and she's God, like... I
2: was at a very gay diner in upstate New York and the waiter uh, was like you look just like Steven Sondheim and then took a photo of me to text to all of his friends. <laughs> okay.
3: He's uh, like, he's literally 90 breath.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. Like what era of Sondheim. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. But, I've, like, I, I don't know. Him enough, him. And I have like, Google. I'm like, I guess I kind of see. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't um, feel it,
3: but good for that
2: person. <laughs> apparently I make a resting face.
3: Okay, Enjoy resting sun. Okay, all right, I like that. I buy it.
2: Sure. There it is. Uh, I see it. <laughs> uh, so, text all your friends that photo. There <laughs> you go. Uh, I will. Uh, and what is your quarantine content, Matt? Oh, boy. We're, we're well, currently wilding out online in these wildest
1: times. Oh, man. Well, you can catch me on Twitter at the Matt Little, Instagram at Matt Little, and uh, you can catch me on Instagram Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Live.
3: Every th- 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
1: Eastern Standard Time. Doing a little bit of uh, uh, comics talk with well, yeah. a gentleman named Brett White.
2: What up? Back in back in the habit, like Whoopi Goldberg. Back in the habit, like
1: Whoopi Fuck. Goldberg, baby.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, uh, follow us on Instagram and keep up with that. Yeah. Um And, oh, oh, shit, I have to actually write, I have to do my outro, which I didn't write that. <laughs> hey, you know what, everybody? You are seeing Quarantine. the wheels turning. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. Doop It's fine. It's fine. Everyone lo- loves a quarantine episode of podcast, and that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guests Becky Chacon and Matt Little for dropping by and talking about the Caribbean Show. And me next time I'll be discussing the Wonder Years episode "Pottery Will Get You Nowhere." <gasps> that is in season two. It is episode six of season two, and you can stream the Wonder Years on Hulu. Probably without the original music in it because of rights issues, but you know what? We will deal with that next week when I talk about it. Till then I want to hear from all of you. Follow TV on Twitter and Instagram. Let's talk about sitcoms and also peep that new podcast art by Dynamo. Hopefully up in your uh, podcast apps. And if you wanna watch live streams of classic sitcoms, I think I'm just gonna be doing that on Instagram. So follow the account on Instagram you'll get notifications that I'm going live and then watch out because then when you click on it, you're going to see a 1986 television playing Hulu on it. And the aspect ratio is going to be weird, but Hey, beggars can't be choosers. Uh,
4: I love
1: hey, listen, everybody's aspect <laughs> ratio feels weird. And that's what <laughs> you know, makes America beautiful.
2: Also uh, SCTV at gmail.com with comments and requests. And hopefully I will read them and get to them. I'm really bad about following up with email. Sorry about that. If you like we've heard maybe not this episode because I am losing my mind in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> God, I'm just dying inside. Please rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. And also, if you tell me to do a show in the review, five-star review, I will do it as I have done with The Avengers of Ozzy and Harriet and Who's the Boss so far. Um, and that means Duckman is coming up. <gasps> Duck- Whoa! Ooh. someone requested Duckman in a review, and I will follow through. Oh, can't follow wait me for on that. Twitter and Instagram at, at White. Read the words that are right at decider.com. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to y'all for listening. And I will see you next time on Must Have Seen TV.
4: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.